Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Today I'm going to be talking about a study that is, dare I say it, seriously flawed. It's a good example of why you shouldn't just trust a headline or a blurb about research results. Before I tear into it too much, it's worth knowing more about it. It was published last month in June in the journal Human Reproduction. The study came out of Norway, a country where the tax-financed healthcare system will pay for up to three cycles of IVF so long as the couple is married or cohabitating. Damn, that makes me wish I lived in Norway. In this study, authors wanted to find out if there's a difference in intelligence between fathers whose children came from reproductive assistance versus fathers who conceived their children the old-fashioned way. The study included all Norwegian men born between 1955 and 1977 who were present in Norway on their 18th birthday, and this included roughly 700,000 men. They chose this time frame to study because fertility assistance first came on the scene in Norway in the mid-1980s and the authors wanted to make sure to include men who became fathers in their 30s or 40s, so that meant looking at men who were born in the 1950s. Regarding the 18th birthday, the article did not explain why that was a particularly special day and required men to be in the country, but I suspect that it relates to the study using the military's intelligence test. There is a national requirement to join the Norwegian military if needed, and men and women who are ages 19 to 44 are eligible to be called up for duty. Perhaps taking that intelligence test between 18 and 19 years old determines where to place the new soldier. The military intelligence test is timed and it involves math, reading comprehension, and understanding figures. The fact that the study chose to use the military's intelligence test as their baseline, it was a good decision because this was the same exact test that all men in the country were required to take. So it gave the authors a level playing field to develop their calculations comparing men who did and did not father children using reproductive assistance. They had cognitive test results from 91% of the fathers. Anyone whose test score was missing was given the lowest score. The authors did this because a 2018 study had found that missing intelligence scores tended to be very low once they were relocated. Interesting. After obtaining and translating military scores into IQ scores, the study authors used statistical equations to separate out fathers by age and by how their children came into the world, which was split into three categories from in vitro fertilization, known as IVF, from intracytoplasmic sperm injection, known as ICSI, and from natural conception. The babies included in the study were born between the years 1984 until 2012. This span of 28 years was chosen because 1984 was the first year that medical records in Norway recorded a baby being born using assisted reproductive technology, which for short is known as ART. 2012 is the most recent year that the medical records have a complete picture of babies being born using ART, so the authors stopped using any Norwegian babies born after 2012. All in all, the study included 12,756 births from IVF, 5,810 births from ICSI, which totals 18,566 births from these two modes of ART. From natural conception, there were 1,048,138 births. Having all of that information, let's get into those results. Here's what the authors found going from lowest to highest IQ scores. 
the average IQ for fathers who naturally conceived was 100.9. The average IQ for fathers from IVF was 102.9. The average IQ for fathers from ICSI was 103. Since the IVF and ICSI fathers' IQ scores were so close, off by just one-tenth of a point, for further comparisons, they lumped the ICSI and IVF fathers together as one group that we will call the ART group. They found that, on average, men who had used ART scored 1.9 IQ points higher than the fathers who hadn't used ART. However, when they broke these results down and subcategorized the men by age, ART fathers in their early 30s tended to have slightly lower cognitive ability than fathers of the same age who had naturally conceived. It was only in the older ART fathers, who were in their mid-30s and their 40s, who had higher cognitive abilities than the fathers who had naturally conceived in the same age group. I posted a graph online that visualizes this info, so please look out for that graph in the show notes at yourfertilitypharmacist.com. After sharing these results, the authors let off their conclusions by saying that there are clear differences in intelligence between fathers who use reproductive assistance and those who naturally conceive, especially based on age. Thereafter, they went into a few good reasons why the results might not be valid, such as having no information about the mother's fertility or why fertility assistance was originally required. But then they end their paper about their study by saying that the results are consistent based on the fact that Norwegians have equal access to IVF treatments. What? My time to be polite about the study is over. My first gripe with the study is they gave so very little baseline information about those dads. Though it was stated that 91% of cognitive scores were available for all fathers, and all the fathers who didn't have a score were given the lowest score, But what were these differences in scores based on IVF or ICSI or naturally conceived? We don't know anything about these dads. Did they have any other illnesses that may have impacted the results? What about smoking, drinking, drugs, or obesity? Were there sperm donors involved? None of this was included. And all of these could impact conception rates and births. We don't know anything about the moms. I could keep going. But the point is, there are so many unknown factors that could have impacted the results of the study. To briefly dig into their statistics, they used and named a bunch of variables, except one. Why skip one variable? Since we don't know what the variable stands for, we can't try to repeat their math. The last thing I'll criticize here on the podcast, though I will likely add more online, is the replicability of this study. It was conducted in Norway using the years 1984 to 2012, essentially. In early 2012, a census report showed that the population was 86.2% ethnically Norwegian. In most other countries where IVF has also been practiced for decades, the population is much more ethnically diverse. Do diverse ways of learning and immigration impact intelligence tests? Would the Norwegian military intelligence test accurately measure the intelligence of men from other countries? who haven't been through the Norwegian school systems? Speaking of replicability, we couldn't replicate the same study in the U.S. because unfortunately we do not have equal access to three rounds of IVF cycles. With the inability to replicate this study easily in other settings and the oh-so-many-missing-pieces-of-baseline information, I am recommending that anyone who is not Norwegian to take these results with a grain of salt. 
We also don't know if there are differences in IQs for dads who conceive naturally or with help. It was an interesting read, but it by no means should inspire any sort of change in clinical practice or in the self-esteem of dads. If you stuck with me this far, hopefully you'll agree that just because a study has found a result, it doesn't mean the result is useful or even true. That concludes today's episode. Feel free to reach out to me with questions or feedback on the website www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in.